every big thing starts small. It's a natural law. Every big multinational corporation was once a small business. Welcome to the Small Starter Business Podcast, a unique podcast for practical tips and advice to help you start, grow, or turn around your business. Welcome to another interesting episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. I am your host, as usual, John Paul Iwoha. Today's topic is very dear to my heart, and uh, the topic is the power of starting small in business, the power of doing small things. And this, for me, is very exciting stuff because, as you know, the name of my company is Small Starter, Small Starter Africa, and my it's it's essentially my philosophy in business that you know doing small things, starting small, is the cornerstone um, for business success. And I'm going to use this episode to make a strong point and argument and i think you need to listen carefully to the things i'm going to be telling you in this episode because they are very very important and very compelling so i'll start off with this business is a marathon it's not a sprint go ask any entrepreneur you know any business owner you admire who's doing well go ask them business is a marathon it's not a sprint if you come into business with a sprint mentality you're going to max out really quick you're not going to you're not going to have staying power you're not going to survive the travels of the journey. Once you're, once you're hit by a setback or disappointment or, or crisis, you are really not going to have that endurance, the perseverance to continue. So business is a marathon and there are many things that happen on a marathon. Sometimes you fall, you can stand, you know, you can rise back on your feet. You're going to get hits and you're going to, you're going to encounter obstacles and roadblocks on your journey. So that's the mentality. Business is a marathon. It's a multi-year race. It's not something you do in a couple of months. Now, some people are able to, to pull off great things in business after just a couple of months. But go look at it. These are people who are very experienced. They pay their dues, as it were, in the game. So they, they more or less know, they, ha- they now have the shortcuts. And that's because they've paid for, for all of that in the past by running previous marathons. So if you're new in business, do not get it twisted. Business is a marathon, not a sprint. So the first big argument I'm going to make is that most big multinationals started small. And that is a fact. Wikipedia is available for free. You can go Google it yourself. If there's any big multinational company you know, go and read their history. How did they start? For example, in tech, Apple started in a garage. Microsoft started in a garage. Amazon was started by one person in his home, then started in a small office afterwards. Today, Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon, is the world's richest person. Alibaba started by Jack Ma in his flat, you know, with a couple of friends. He had to even deliver parcels by himself to his initial customers. Facebook started in a dorm room in a university. So there is a reason why all these blue chip tech companies I just mentioned started from very insignificant positions. Today, they sit at the tippy top of their industries, whether it's social media or, or the, the iPhone or software or whatever it is. That's all, and you know, sometimes many of these um, dramatic success stories are usually focused on tech companies. So, but my argument is that this principle of starting small runs across every industry. Look at autos, for example. The Ford Motor Company is one of the biggest car companies, one of the biggest auto companies in America and in the world today. 
It was started by one man. And the first car he built, he built it in, in, in the shed behind his house. Look at Honda. Honda now makes motorcycles, vehicles, and all sorts. It was started by one man who used to be a mechanic. You know, starting small. Mercedes-Benz, the same story. You look at banking. Goldman Sachs was started by a migrant from Germany into the U.S. You know, and then he partnered with his son-in-law. You know, and these are the stories you get. Now, today, Goldman Sachs is one, is one of the biggest investment banks in the world. Look at food and beverage. Coca-Cola was started in the pharmacy. The same with Pepsi, you know, in somebody's basement. All of these are stories of companies that start, and today Coca-Cola is the Coca-Cola and Pepsi dominate the, the world of soda, you know. And these are multi-billion dollar businesses. They started, they have they started in ugly places. You know, they didn't start with a big budget with a lot of money in the bank. Their owners did not have like a proper business plan or they were just experimenting. All of these people started small. Look at the conglomerates, especially the, the family companies. Look at Dangote. Dangote started in the 70s importing um, frozen food and rice and all of that from outside the country. Today he has several cement plants. He's building Africa's biggest oil refinery. Look at Mahindra Mahindra, started by two brothers. They lost their, they lost their father at a very tender age. But through the story of, you know, struggle and things like that, it's now one of the biggest conglomerates in the world. They are into everything. So it's important to notice that all these companies I mentioned have been running a marathon. It's also important to notice that all of them started in small and insignificant positions. Looking back, the way they started looks ugly. It looks embarrassing. It looks inconvenient. But that is how they started. When things start, they look ugly, they look small. You may not be very proud of it. Everybody wants to start with a bang. Everybody wants to, everyone wants to appear on the big stage, you know. But, but that's not how it looks. It looks, they start as a small seed. Just imagine a seed that grows into a mighty tree. That small seed is buried in the ground. It is invisible. You don't even notice it. And then it sprouts into a small seedling. It can be crushed. It's very vulnerable. And then over time, this thing becomes a mighty tree. There's a reason why human beings start as babies. We are vulnerable. We need help. We are messy. We soil ourselves and things like that. And then we grow into responsible adults. So that is the progression of life. It's the progression of nature. It's also the progression of business. Things start small. They start small and insignificant. And then if you keep at it, if you look at it as a marathon, you are going to be mighty. So I've just given you these examples of, like I said, I encourage you. One of my, one of my fantasies, or I don't really, it's not really a fantasy. It's something that I do from time to time. Is I, I just, I'm very curious about how companies started. So I just go to Wikipedia and I Google a company or a brand and I read up how they started. And when you've done this for quite some time, you start to notice a very common trend that these people started in very small positions. So I encourage you to do the very same thing. Now, the, the main um, point of this episode is to share with you the, the benefits of starting small. Why starting small is actually a strong benefit and not a handicap and not a weakness. In fact, the big reason why I decided to make this episode, do this episode is that a common reason people have for not starting a business is I don't have enough capital. I'm not yet ready to start. I don't have all the skills I need. I don't have all the knowledge that I need. I'm waiting for this to happen. I'm waiting for that to happen. 
So all I'm saying is, if you have the kernel of an idea, you already have what you need to start. If you're waiting for all the money you need, then we have now entered the realm of procrastination and perfection. And from what, I'm t from what I've shown you, from what I've mentioned here so far, many of these big names, they didn't have to wait until they had all the money or something. They just made the move with what they had. They started where they were, they used what they had, and they did what they could. So let's now look at the five powerful benefits of starting small. The very first benefit, and this is very big, I need to pay attention. When you start small, it gives you a major ability to handle risk. And what I mean is that starting small allows you to read the market. And the reason is, is this. Every business idea is built on an assumption about the market. When, if you have an idea for a product or a service or a business, you are making assumptions about the market. You are assuming that if you build that product, if you start that business, if you deliver that service, that people will pay you for it. You're making assumptions that people are going to like the product. They're going to like it enough to buy it. So that is an assumption. And many entrepreneurs have, a, have, uh, have trouble dealing with, assumption, dealing with the assumptions. And that's this. For many entrepreneurs, they do not realize the difference between an assumption and a fact. And that's because I, I don't, I, the reason, I, the, the, thing I blame in, or the thing I blame it on is the optimism. Entrepreneurs are very optimistic people. We believe that anything, we, we believe that once we build something, you know, it's going to sell, it's going to work. But then reality hits us in the face. The market is not going to bend to your will. The market, because you're passionate about something, doesn't mean that other people will be passionate about it. Because you believe in something doesn't mean other people will believe in it. So what's your, your belief is an assumption. Your product is an assumption. Your business plan is an assumption. Your business model is an assumption. So when you walk into the market with, a, with your big bags of money, launching the business as if it's a fact, as if people are going to buy from you, as if you know it's already preordained and destined that people will buy from you, then you're missing the point. What starting small does for you is that it allows you to test your assumptions in a way that doesn't crush you. It allows you to test your assumptions to see if your assumptions are right or wrong. If they are right, then you can ramp up. But if they are wrong, then you still have the leeway to adapt to that reality and do something about it. So starting small is less risky because if you take a hit or if your assumptions are wrong, if the market proves you wrong, you are likely able to recover. The second benefit of starting small is resilience. Now, the startup stage is one of the most vulnerable stages of a business. It's like a baby. It's like a toddler. So at that stage, the business is very vulnerable. It's very likely you are running out of capital or you need more capital to grow the business. It's very likely your market awareness is low. People don't really know about you in the business. It's very likely you're going to be making some mistakes because for Christ's sakes, you are a young business. You're a new business. So you're going to take hits. You're going to make mistakes. But the benefit of starting small is that your mistakes are unlikely to be so deadly that they, they push you out of business. You're going to make mistakes you can recover from. And that's because there's not a lot of money at stake. There are not a lot of assets. You're not like deeply rooted, you know, so far. So you are able to be more resilient. You're able to take hits you can recover from. You are able, you're, you're much more, you're much more um, flexible. I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about that shortly. But resilience is the key. And when you really look at it, a business is a marathon. Your goal is to stay in the game. 
Your, your goal is not to run as fast as possible. If you do that, you're going to get fucked out. You're going to, you're going to crumble. You're going to crash. That's not how to run a marathon. You have to more or less conserve your energy and pace yourself. And starting small does that for you because you're able to pace yourself. The third powerful benefit of starting small is that it makes you nimble and flexible. So it's easier and less expensive to make changes. So if you discover that something is wrong with the assumptions you've made in the market, if you notice that there is change that is necessary, you don't have a lot at stake so far. So it's easier for you. You're much more malleable. You're much more fluid. You're able to change. Compared to somebody who starts a business as if it's a fact, you invest a lot of money in the factory, you hire dozens of people, you more or less set up a fleet of vehicles, you're pumping all that money only to realize that something is wrong. The market is not responding like you planned it would. So what happens to all that money you've invested in physical assets? What happens to all those people you've just hired? What happened to everything you've built as if it's, it's a fact? So for such businesses, you're likely to, to stay in denial because changing direction will cost you a lot of money. You're going to lose a lot of money because you've already, you've already pumped in so much. So that's why sometimes it's difficult for big organizations to move or make changes. But smaller organizations are much more able to adapt because they are, they are more nimble, they are more, they are more flexible, they are more fluid. They are able to move and change and adapt and improvise. And that's how they survive. So it's like the whole David and Goliath story. So Goliath was a giant, so big, you know, and all of it. So his strength, his strength was a size. But then size comes with consequences because it's difficult to move and see around. But the small David, the little David was flexible. He was difficult to target. He was moving all around the place. You see, so that's the benefit. Small can beat big, especially when you're dealing in an environment that is uncertain. And that's what entrepreneurship is about. It's about being able to deal with uncertainty. And when, you, when the conditions are uncertain, being so big works against you. But if you, if you start small, you are able to adapt better to uncertainty. And then when, when things become certain, then you can grow big. So it's unlikely that you start a business in an area that is uncertain and you're starting so big when there are a lot of things that can go wrong. The, the fourth benefit of starting small is capital. When you start small, you don't need a lot of money at once. You know, you can... You can get started in the game with what you have. And there's one added benefit in there. You know that if you're going to raise money from the outside, whether it's a bank, of course, a bank will charge you interest. But if you're going to get money from an investor, the investor is going to take a slice of your business. And if, you're, if, you're, if the investor has already taken a slice of your business, even before you start the business, then it's very likely you're going to end up, a very, you're going to end up with a very tiny minority of that, of that business. But there is another source of funding for a business, and that is from your customers. Your customers can fund your business. And unlike investors, your customers will not take a share of your company. They will not take a share of your equity. Your customers will not ask you to pay interest. All your customers will ask for is a product that meets their needs or solves their problem or satisfies their wants. That's exactly what they want. They want a product or service that gives them value. And once you can do that, customers will gladly give you their money. So it's better for a business to be funded by customers than to be funded by investors. Now, I know that this may not be applicable in every business. Every business has its own nuances. 
but it's possible to start small, create value for customers, start getting money from your customers, and that will make you less dependent on outside money. And the cherry on top is that you get to keep all of your company. You get to keep 100% of your equity. Like I said, I know this will not work in every business, but for some businesses, it's, it's an option. It's a possibility. So why not take the option? And then the fifth um, powerful benefit I need to talk about is the creativity and resourcefulness that comes from starting small. Smaller businesses are much more efficient than businesses that start with a bank. And that's because they know they don't have a lot of resources to work with. So they have to squeeze out the most value they can from the little resources they have. Unlike big, big businesses that can make a lot of waste, they might hire somebody and pay above, the, above competitive rates because they can afford it. So there's a lot of wasteful spending that happens when you have a lot of money and you're starting because everything needs your attention. So you send in $100,000 to advertising on TV and on radio because you have the money. You know? But if you're a small business and you don't have that kind of marketing budget, you are going to get creative and resourceful. You start to think of ways to get your name out there to promote your product and your service without spending so much money. That's the benefit of starting small. You are much more efficient and you apply your creativity and your, resource, your resourcefulness to solving business problems. And here's one thing I've noticed after dealing with dozens of entrepreneurs. If your budget is $1 million, you are going to max out that budget. In fact, it's not going to be enough for you. I've seen, I've seen companies who have big marketing budgets and they claim it's not enough. They need to raise more money. You can also have a marketing budget of $5,000 and still do like a whole lot with that. And that's because you're doing it with your creativity. And so you will never have enough money to start because there are all sorts of problems when you're starting a business, all sorts of surprises, all sorts of things that want you to spend money on them. So your ability to be creative, to get something for nothing, to squeeze out value from the little that you have is, a, is, a, is an amazing benefit. And all these big companies I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, from Apple to Facebook to Honda and Ford and Goldman Sachs and Coca-Cola, Dangote, Mahindra and Mahindra, all of them benefited from the frugality, the creativity and the resourcefulness that comes from starting small. Because what it means is that you become a better manager. With, you're able to manage your resources, both your human resources, your physical assets, your money, and even your intellectual resources. And as that company grows, that discipline is maintained. You maintain that discipline of efficiency, which is why it's not surprising that many of these companies you know, have risen to the top of their industries. They don't have the luxury of waste. And that's because they learned that discipline in the early days. It's very, very important. It's difficult to be resourceful when you don't lack resources. If, if you can solve a problem with money, it's easier to, to throw money at that problem than to rack your brain for a solution. But when you have limited resources as a small company, as a small startup, you have to rack your brain because you don't have the money. You find another way around that problem. And the, the exciting thing is entrepreneurs are very good at efficiency, at solving problems, at creativity. But you can spoil an entrepreneur by giving them a lot of money because that means they can shortcut the creativity part. They can just throw money at the problem, which is what most big companies do. They just throw money at problems. But when you're a small company, you don't have that luxury. You have to think around the problem or you have to think through the problem. 
And that's a major benefit because sometimes the solutions don't require money. They just require some thinking and some creativity. So at this point, let's recap. I started this episode by telling you that business is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And that's the mentality you need to have. You need to play the long game because it's a long game. If you run it like a sprint, you are going to, you're going to get fagged out. There's no doubt about that. It will be difficult for you to survive trying times. You'll be unable to take hits. And that's because you are running a different race. But the people who build successful and enduring businesses are running a marathon. And go read the histories of many of these successful companies. You will always see it's common. It's a marathon. They didn't make it in one year or two or three years. It's an enduring race. The second thing I mentioned is that most big multinational companies started as small businesses. And I used examples you can go verify for yourself. From the ones who started in garages, to the ones that started in barns and sheds, to the ones that started in basements. All of them started in small, inconspicuous, and ugly situations. In fact, as a big company, when you look at how you started, you're supposed to feel embarrassed. And that is very natural. So anybody who succeeded, when you ask them about their early days, some, some people don't even want to remember the early days because of how embarrassing it is. And that's exactly what it is. Starting small is supposed to be ugly. It's supposed to feel embarrassing. That's exactly what, that's the, the rule of, 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 of nature. That's how life works. Things start small, then they grow big. If you keep at it, if you run it like a marathon, anything that starts small grows big. And then I talked about the five powerful benefits of starting small. The first is risk. The way you manage risk as a small business is, much, is better than the way a big company that is already vested will do it. And that's because when you're starting a business, you're moving into a realm of uncertainty. You have made assumptions about the market. And starting a business means that you want to test the validity of those assumptions. So like I mentioned, entrepreneurs, because we're very optimistic people, we have a problem separating assumption from facts. They are not the same thing. Your product is not a fact until the market pays for it. So if you have a product, you're very, nobody cares about your passion. Nobody cares about how much you've invested in building that product. People will only buy something they value. And until, until the market pays for your product, it's not a fact. It's only an assumption. And then I talked about resilience. Your ability to recover from setbacks is much, you're, you're able to do that better as a small business. You're able because you make mistakes you can recover from. You make small, small mistakes, you take hits, you can recover from. I also talked about being nimble and flexible. Small businesses are able to adapt and change tack and pivot better than big companies that are heavy and have already invested themselves in things that will be difficult or expensive to pull themselves out of. I also talked about capital. One benefit of starting small is that you don't need a lot of, you don't need a, a lot of money all at once. You can start with what you have and then build from there. And if you're lucky enough to get your customers paying you enough money, then you don't really need, um, you don't really need uh, outside money as uh, that comes in from investment or, or debt from banks. And then I talked about creativity and resourcefulness. One benefit of being small is that you don't have the luxury of deep pockets or unlimited resources. So you have to be good at using what you have. And that is one thing small businesses are very good at. And that is the same reason why big, big businesses are wasteful. They spend more than they should. They even spend when they shouldn't. And that's because the money is available. But when the money is not available, your entrepreneurship now takes charge. 
you start thinking through the problem or thinking around the problem and you are able to sometimes achieve the same thing that somebody else achieved um, because they had money. So sometimes everything is not about money, but if you're able to achieve, if you're able to apply your creativity and resourcefulness, you can also cover some significant mileage. And at this point in the episode, there are four important things I need to consider. The first is to join the Insiders program. Now, if you're starting as a small business, like I said, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. And like an African proverb says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with others. That's exactly the principle behind the Insiders program. All of us are entrepreneurs on a journey. We are from different countries within and outside Africa. We're building businesses at different stages. We're building businesses in different industries, from agribusiness to fashion to medical devices and all sorts. So it's very important that if you are on this marathon, it's important to join other people too who are on that journey because there's a lot you can learn in terms of our training programs, our masterminds, the networking opportunities, the opportunities for you to collaborate with other people, the cross-pollination of ideas, you know, and that community. So that's one thing that is lacking. Um, because it's a marathon, the journey can be very lonely for entrepreneurs, but it's good to have access to a community of people who can always more or less support you on that journey. And that's exactly what the Insiders is. And if you want to learn more about the Insiders program, please head over to smallstarter.com slash insiders. Again, it is smallstarter.com slash insiders. The second thing I want you to do is to tell your friends about this podcast. This is high-grade stuff. And it's also important that if you know somebody who is starting a business or has already started a business, this, the, the information in this episode is soothing and encouraging. It's helpful, it's helpful when, you, when you know that you're not going crazy, that what you're going through is very natural, is very normal, and most of the big businesses you admire went through it. So it will be, help, it will be helpful if you can share this with a smart friend who is trying to build a business so that they too can learn from it. And then, of course, um, if you've been listening to this episode and you want to say thank you, you want to give us, me and my team, a pat on the back, a five-star review would be nice. To leave us a five-star review, head over to smallstarter.com slash review. Again, it is smallstarter.com slash review. And of course, if you have a question, you have something on your mind, and if I think it's relevant and it's going to be useful to people within this audience, I can feature it in a future episode. So to ask your question or leave a message, you can head over to smallstarter.com slash message. smallstarter.com slash message. So... Um, I need to close on this note. In many, um, many economies, even developed economies, small businesses are the engine that run the economy. And there's a reason for that. Not every business is going to more or less grow like very, very big. And that's because there are a lot of people in the race. So if you're going through hard times, you're not going crazy. If you're going through challenges, if the journey looks longer than it should, you're not going crazy. It's absolutely normal. That's what small businesses have to go through. So I'll talk to you in the very next episode. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. To take our free business courses or join one of our signature programs for special entrepreneurs like you, head over to smallstarter.com to join our private community. See you inside.